Welcome to the Boss Room. My name is Alex Gaz, and tonight I'm joined by my co-host, Shamster. Hello. And we're also joined by Omi. Back at it again, guys. Yeah, all right. Well, let's get into it. Hype block. Hype block. Hype, hype block, block. Okay, well, I mean, we keep talking about this game, but it's it's, it's in the news, and, you know, there's it's a light week in news, but... Cyberpunk 2077, it turns out, sold 13 million copies, and that includes the refunded copies. So, safe to say that this game is a success despite the failures. Despite all the bugs and all the failures, yeah. And unfortunately to me, it sounds like even though this game was a PR nightmare, that it's still worth it to companies to release games that are broken. That's what I figured would happen. Now, those refunds, does that include the, does that take into account the 21st deadline that they set? Or is that, because I'm sure there's going to be more. No, no, they announced it uh, the day after. So it did take into account all the refunds. And basically, they just announced it because they wanted to relieve investors that are obviously angry and want to sue them, of course, for, you know, lying to them. But yeah, that's why they did that, to just basically be like, listen, we're good, we're, we're selling copies, once everything's fixed, we'll probably sell more, which is probably what will happen, so. Like you said, they still made money, so they're going to spend a lot of that money trying to, you know, paying for lawyers and things like that, probably, but I'm sure in the end, people will make yeah. money, people will be happy with the game once they fix some things, and it'll eventually work itself out. Yeah, they're, they're, they're still going to have to settle that lawsuit, so they're going to have to shell out quite a bit of cash to um to pay out all those people. Um, I'm also curious to see how that game does um, when you put it against uh, The Witcher 3 that's sold 28 million copies across all platforms. Um, I mean, yeah, like like you said, I think once they fix everything and the game actually runs smoothly on, on consoles, I think they'll sell a lot more um, copies of it. Um, yeah, we'll see um, you know, later this year or in a few, in a few months how it... Um, you know how the selling does against um, The Witcher Three, which was their uh, pristine game. They still made their money in the end. It's still going to turn out fine for everybody. Which I did mention that. I think in general, it's just it's never going to be. It's always going to it's going to be considered successful in the end, but it's never going to be what it could have been. Even if it's only a five percent, you know, five percent less than it may have been, I don't think it's ever going to reach that full potential because of the mishaps. But it's still going to be fine in the end. Yeah, I think I think they they probably tarnished their reputation a bit and going forward, you know, when they put out new games, people are going to be a little skeptical about, you know, buying them not knowing if the game's finished, you know, what what state it is for for consoles. So I think they they did some damage to their name and reputation out there, but it's something that can that, that can definitely be fixed, um, you know, if they do things the right way next time around. Yeah, this release will always have an asterisk next to it, but uh in the end you won't remember that after a few years and they'll continue to make great games and I'm sure they'll probably make a Witcher 4 at some point and they'll have to really make sure they release that properly. But in the end, it'll be fine. And money has been made and will continue to be made. Yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, one thing I kind of want to do, though, with this game is uh, once they fix the base PS4 version, I kind of want to only play it on base PS4 and see how it plays and stuff like that. And then... You know, when the PS5 patch comes out, play that. I don't know. I think that'd be interesting, unless it's still unplayable. You're going to reverse what you were originally planning to do and not play it until, or only play it on the PS4 and not wait for the upgrade? 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of want to see what it looks like on base PS4 once they actually get it working. I'm curious about it, but I don't know. What one one other thing I wanted to add is that I'm I'm still planning on on playing the game on Stadia. So um, probably for the next um, for the next uh, episode, I'll I'll have some uh, some updates on that. And um, one last thing I wanted to mention was that GameStop is actually also accepting returns for the game, even if the game has been opened, which is something that they don't do. I mean, if you if you open a game and then try to return it on GameStop, they won't take it back. So Best Buy actually is accepting returns, at least from what I hear. I, I know someone that returned his copy after he opened it and it was just so glitchy that they gave him a refund. I didn't hear about that officially. Have you guys heard about that? I know that they are from what I hear, but yeah, they, they are actually accepting returns, but it was only through December 21st. So after that, I don't think they're accepting it. I had read an article saying that it was strictly through the 21st of December. Yeah. Best Buy put out a statement uh, on their end, just basically saying that they were accepting returns. They were even accepting returns of the collector's edition, which is interesting. I don't think that's nearly enough time. Some people haven't even opened it yet. That was, what, a week, maybe? Yeah. That they could return it? And, like, a lot of people aren't following it as closely closely as we are, so they wouldn't even know until they start playing it. It was just for PR. They just did it for a certain date because they were just like, well, we, we did give you the opportunity to do it. So They were also put in a bad place if GameStop was accepting returns, Microsoft, Sony. So, you know, Best Buy was, was put in a hard place. They, they had to do it, even if it was for a limited time. Yeah. Well, either way, it's, it's a mess and it'll correct itself. It's just going to take a while. So I'm actually curious if I can play Cyberpunk on the KFC console when that comes out because <laughs> the KFC console was announced this week and let's just say that I'm selling my PS5 uh, right away to go get this. It uh, Honestly, it's like apparently like a really high-end PC. It's got a NVMe drive. It's got an Intel i9 uh, with a Asus um I think they're saying an RTX 3080, uh, and it will run at 4K 60 FPS. But the biggest uh, feature to this is it has a chicken heating uh, area. And what it does what? is it, it uses the heat from the fans that, you know, uh, when when the GPU heats up to cool it off, and they use that heat to actually keep chicken warm. <laughs> but But you can, I think it's actually, isn't it considered a snack warmer? So you could put other like, like soft pretzel bites and all kinds of stuff in there, uh, other than chicken, or is it exclusively only to warm up chicken? I'm I'm sure you can put other things in there, but I think uh, to be honest, if you put other things that are snacks that aren't chicken, they're probably actually better for it because chicken has all that grease, and whereas the other things won't be as greasy, so it probably is better for that. But it could void the warranty, though. It's also in the shape of a bucket too, which is hilarious. <laughs> Who's actually making this? Is this like wh what what? retailer is 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 selling this or who's making it the colonel bro come on they're teaming up with um is it cool master yeah pc hardware manufacturer cooler master and then intel is in on it too because intel is promoting it as well uh because i mean they need any publicity they can get because intel is falling very behind uh yes of nvidia and amd so if they are just going all in on this KFC console, that would be pretty hilarious. That's not a bad idea. That way they'll be ready to compete with Burger King if they come out with one. Intel's falling behind on everyone because Microsoft's making their own chips now. So And so is Apple. So I'm not sure who they're going to be selling things to now. But yeah, I, I guess that's that's an effort in an effort to, um, you know, to boot 
booster brand now. Um, but yeah, way to do it. <laughs> I actually watched a video on this earlier today. Uh, Spawn Wave made a video. Shout out to Spawn Wave. Spawn Wave. <laughs> and he actually like sort of priced out each piece and he said that basically the pc itself would be about four grand so uh my guess is and and i'm sure like everyone else it's probably just like a promotional thing where you can just win it and that's about it and they'll only make like 10 of them or something yeah it'll go away and you won't even hear about it i like everything i've seen about it except for the uh chicken chamber that's what you're buying basically the best feature yeah i'm not <laughs> but, sure i i like that but honestly this like this seems like a kick-ass pc if i were to win it like yeah. uh but yeah definitely have to put chicken in there i don't know definitely a cool collector's item too you think popeyes is going to compete with them are they going to try to <laughs> meet chicken, uh partner up with amd chicken sandwich holder i don't know i mean they're making a lot of money off that maybe they could do it like a packing game Hey, if Popeyes jumps into the game, then yeah, I, I that that may that may uh help my confidence a little more. Chicken sandwich the best. It is good. I wouldn't wait in line two hours for it, but I'd eat one. No, I never had to wait that long for it, but uh I mean I like both KFC and Popeyes, so no argument for me either way. I just, you know, definitely wanna win this bucket thing because so I can use it as a PC because it's very like the specs are really good on it. Yeah, specs are good. Chicken sound, chicken chamber, not so much, but yeah. Well, you put something else in there, like uh... pizza roll. I just wonder if it's got like a grease trap or something, because you know it's got. It has to. It has to, because <laughs> they're not gonna let grease get into that GPU. Because yeah, that that's would, like melt it. It'll melt like because right. you know the grease would just eat away at the thermal like paste that's on there. So that's just gonna yep. like eat away at that. So it's got to be like really insulated. Yeah, I could just see that getting real messy really quick. The grease might actually insulate it. It could turn into like a paste <laughs> and kind of help out. <laughs> yeah, it could. It's probably the best uh, thermal paste. Grease paste. It tastes good. All I know is my PS5 doesn't have the chicken chamber, and I really need one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, on to the boss feature topic. PFT. This is our last show of the year. We want to give out the 2020 awards and for certain questions that we have. And we came up with a, a list and uh, we're just going to talk about some of our favorite things of 2020. Definitely an interesting year, but there were a lot of good games that came out. And, you know, given the current situation, a lot of games being played. So let's go into the first category. Favorite game released in 2020. Uh, Omi, what about you? Call of Duty Warzone, the best battle royale game of 2020 by far. So I, I thought about this. This wasn't technically released in 2020. However, there were a lot of content updates in 2020. So I guess I that I definitely could count that as a... You'll, you'll accept that? I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it too. It's fine. Did you get the new season? Of course. Yeah, I'm playing it actually right now. So they, they did do the um, Cold War um, Warzone integration, so there's a lot more weapons now. The only thing I don't like is that some of the weapons from Cold War, you actually have to buy uh, the Cold War game to be able to up, um, upgrade. Um, you can't do them in Warzone, but the the best weapons you can. So like they took they, they took basically every weapon, added it to the game, and then the best weapons you can from Cold War you can you can upgrade on the Warzone side. Um, there's also a new small map um, called Regency Island, or Rebirth Island, sorry, 
And that's actually a small map with 45 players, and it's very, very quick. So it's a you know 15, 20 minute game, but it's a high kill game. You get you know you can get anything between 10 and 20, 20 kills um, if you get involved. But basically, there's no way of camping. Um, you know, anywhere you drop, you're gonna find people. So you gotta Jeez. be ready. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Is that game pay to win? No, it's not. Okay, because when you mentioned you could you had to buy certain weapons that weren't included or something, I just was wondering if it was. You don't buy weapons. Everyone gets the same weapons, but you can upgrade the weapons. So the more like you can level them up, so you can you can basically unlock attachments, which make the weapons better. It's it's basically an incentive to buy Cold War, essentially. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Shamster, twenty twenty game of the year that was released in twenty twenty. What what do you got? So this one is kind of a boring one just because it's cliche because it's one game of the year in a lot of places, but Last of Us 2 for sure because it really is that good. Can you get into it a little bit just because uh, obviously spoiler free because I do want to play this at some point, but can you get into it a little bit without because uh, you haven't really talked about it that much, but it is obviously a big game for you this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, some of these sound cliche. The graphics, the animations, the the mechanics, but it's so good. It's just like I mean, they they took a lot from a lot of other games, but it's so polished, and it's so intense. And when you play that game, your your heart will definitely race a lot. Like you're gonna feel nervous when you're done. You might not be able to fall asleep, things like that. But it's there's some horrifying parts. There's some sentimental parts. It's just there's a lot of epic set pieces some really good ones that when you say that game some of them are the first thing i think of because they're they're so good um it's just it's intense and you kind of it's really immersive it's really really immersive it looks like some of the best graphics i've ever seen in any game like how realistic it looks yeah and some scenes are and some scenes aren't like a lot of the scenes with a ton of trees but some of the water looks good i mean yeah it has incredible graphics but what makes it even more incredible is the um the fluidity and and just just how the animations are the animations are spectacular they're the best animations i've seen at least in, in a long time or at least in, in not many games look like that um there's just some really cool levels the sky bridge i'm not going to really get into what they are but there's just a lot of cool scenes with fire i'll say that and things like that so i've also heard that the actual gameplay like the um the combat and all that stuff is way better than the first game and it's like a lot it more it's a lot less clunky than the original yeah, it's 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 great. You feel like you're in a firefight and, you know, they send dogs at you and it's not like you're just picking them off and it feels like you're actually killing dogs, which is not good. I love dogs, uh, but that's part of the reason you feel so emotional when you're playing the game, because you're you're absorbed into it and you have to make decisions uh, and just you have to think quick and react and the but the graphics are just insane like the snow levels when you're running through the forest and sprinting after or sprinting away from things that are trying to get you it's just it's remarkable and a lot of people it became popular so i think a lot of people just wanted to hate on it just because they do that all the time now with things like star wars and you know everything yeah. in general but the story itself i think it was really well written whether you like the direction it goes or not i mean but it's just a really, really, really good game. Everything about it. Well, I mean, this game is obviously more story driven, so um, I'm sure the story is great. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm pretty easily impressed myself. So, I'm sure the story is great. Like I said, the first game for me is too depressing. But you were saying it goes in a different, different vibe. So, I'm excited to see how yeah. that looks when the PS5 version comes out for that. 
it's an achievement for sure in gaming. For sure. Well, my favorite game released in 2020 is a newer game, Spider-Man Miles Morales. And for me, there wasn't necessarily a ton of new-ish games that were released this year that I played. Now, Ghost of Tsushima, I haven't played, so it could be up there at some point whenever I do play that. Yeah, if, if you would have played it, I think you would have probably given that one the award. Spider-Man Miles Morales, it's a great game. It's a great spin-off game. I actually enjoyed it more than the first Spider-Man game because I really liked Miles' personality. I liked his uh, abilities using the Venom Punch and that sort of thing. Also, I liked that there weren't the weird uh, like lab puzzles that you had that you had to do in the first Spider-Man game, which I didn't really like doing those, so that was nice to not have to do those. And yeah, overall, it was a great game. It was first PS5 game. Graphics looked amazing on it. Uh, using it via the uh, PS4 remote play worked great. But yeah, I do also want to give two quick shout outs to a couple of my other favorite games that were released this year. Just going to slide these in there. One, Animal Crossing. Not necessarily my favorite game, but as far as impact in the gaming sphere. Uh, my wife played a lot of this game and it was just a great game overall. It was really, really well designed and everything. One other last one is Paper Mario, the Origami King. Um, I really played a lot of the Paper Mario games and really enjoyed them this year. And having that new game in there uh, really came off. If you guys want to give any other quick shout outs as well. I do. I do. I want to shout out Astrobot. Yes. Oh, good one. Good one. Because that game was so fun. Next category is favorite game played in 2020, not released in this year. Omi, what do you got? Super Smash and Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Those are two of my favorite games I played this year that obviously were not released this year. Tropical Freeze is great. Did you play which version did you play? Wii U or Switch? The Switch version. Yes. Uh, that was actually one of my favorite games. That was actually one of the first games that I kind of like really got into the Switch with was Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. And I love that game. I 100% of it. And it was so that's actually probably one of my favorite platformers of all time, because, you know, the original Donkey Kong Country is like one of my favorite games of all time in general. So it's in having yeah. a modern version of that. So good. Smash Bros. Ultimate. That's one of my favorite games of all time as well, because that is there's so many characters in there and I've the DLC pass. So I'm getting all of them as they come in. I haven't played them the past couple of times, but you no, know, sometimes I'll just get in a smash mood and just go in, you know? Yeah. That's, that's one of the games that, that, that I, that's like one of the go-to games I, I, I play when I have people over and you know, we're like just sitting around. It's like, let's just play some smash. Who's your main? Um, what the hell is its name? It's the, um, the fire cat. I don't remember his name. Oh, Incineroar. Yeah, Incineroar. That's my Incineroar guy. Incineroar is dope. I have, the, I have the amiibo. That guy is dope. He's a yeah, uh, he's a Pokemon favorite. from uh, from Pokemon Sun and Moon, and I have the I have the 3DS copy of that game. And when the option to transfer the Pokemon over to the new game on the Switch was available, I played through the very first part of the game like three times just to get the starter Pokemon and then transfer them over <laughs> to the Switch. Uh, and Incineroar was one of those. And uh, yeah, he's he's a beast. Yes, Incineroar is definitely my favorite one. My guy's Pac-Man. I'm a Link main, pretty basic. Ah, uh, yeah. Which one? I I usually go. I used to go Toon Link, but I, uh, Smash Ultimate. I like regular Link better. Try the Piranha Plant. Yeah, no, I I played with a lot of characters. My second favorite is probably Simon Belmont from Castlevania. He's good. My second favorite character is Bowser Jr. But I also I also like to play with Ryu. Ryu's my guy as well. 
Bowser Jr. is a beast in Mario Tennis Aces. Yes. Yes, he is. So is Boo. Boo's your guy in that game. I think uh, Wario's my guy in, in Mario Tennis. Yeah, Wario, Wario's really good. Um, but Waluigi is also really good. Because he's so lanky, he, can, he got the reach. Yep. But you, uh, you don't remember who my favorite guy is? It was Boo. Yes, it was Boo. And I, I said that. I said that. Oh, I totally missed that. He declared it. I totally missed it. Of course I know, bruh. <laughs> All right. What we got next? So my favorite game played in 2020 that was not released in this year was Metroid Zero Mission on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, my. So I'll go into a little bit more on Game Boy Advance stuff because that kind of dominated my year. But that game was the very first Metroid game I ever beat. And I had such a blast playing through it. And basically, it's a remake of the first Metroid game that was on the NES. And once you unlock, once you beat the game, you unlock the actual NES version on it, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, I beat it and loved it. And I moved on to Metroid uh, Fusion, which is the game that was, was released prior to Zero Mission on the GBA. And that one's great, too. So I got to get back to that because I took a little bit of I haven't played it in a long time, but I'll get back into it. Like Zero Mission better? I don't know. They're both I mean, they're both kind of the same, to be honest. Like it's I wouldn't say that one's better than the other necessarily. They're kind of pretty similar. Uh, in my opinion, most 2D platformer type games are best on handhelds, mostly like the old school ones. So having those, having like a Metroidvania type game on a handheld to me is almost like the f- perfect way to play that. So playing those Metroid games on the GBA, you know, it, it was such a great experience. What do you like uh, the most about playing them on handhelds versus on a bigger screen? Just the quick portability, the quick emergency type gaming situation. You know, you just sit on emergency gaming. Pop it on, just go right in. You just flip the switch and you're ready to rock. Boom, right there. What about Rayman Legends? Did you guys, you, you guys didn't play that this year? It's a good game. Yeah, I played that a lot of years. Great game. That was a pickup I got earlier this year. I played it a little bit, but not too much. But I think I got it for like seven bucks at Target or something like that. So I, I had to grab it. I had it on the Wii U, and then I sold it, and then I got it back, I think, and then I probably sold it again, then I got it on, I think I have it on the Switch, I might have sold it, I don't remember, but the music levels are great. Yes, yes they are, it's a great game. Yeah, it was fun from what I played, I played maybe like four or five levels, and they were all great. Shamster, favorite game you played in 2020 that was not released this year? I got two, because the first one is MK11, Mortal Kombat 11, because technically, the version I really played, uh is the PS5 version, uh, it's Ultimate, and PS5 didn't exist previously, so technically it was released this year, but the game itself had been out before, or had been out prior, uh, before, you know, Aftermath and everything came out, because I think it came out in 2019, um, but I'm, you know, really playing it now. It's really good. I have a lot to say about that, which, which we can get into at some point, but um, the other one, though, the the one that's not really cheating as much would be Celeste. I don't know if you've played that, but that game is great. And I even liked the music so much that I bought the, the vinyl record, which is really good too. Uh, that game, It's hard. Yeah, that one I ordered from Limited Run Games in 2019. I think I ordered it in January of 2019, and I didn't get it until October of 2019 because they had to put, or they waited till all the DLC came out to put everything on the cartridge, which is fine. A lot of times platforming games, I like to do most of the collectibles, but this one, getting all the strawberries was way too hard. So I was just like, yeah. I'm just going to play through this and beat it. And it it was a great game. But Did you beat it? Yeah. 
You do it on one life? No, no, I'm not that. I'm not that good. But no, the great thing about that too is like if you die, you just spawn right again, like instantly. So you can. I know it's so instant. It's like one more, just one more, just one more. Keep going and going. So it's it's really not that hard to like you know just grind through it. I remember when I first started. When I first knew I loved the game was I think it was the first boss fight, quote unquote boss fight, when her conscience kind of came out of her head and it kind of chased you around. Yep. And if if she caught you, it was going to take you back home, and that was insane <laughs> and i kept and then you get get so close and one miss you know one bad jump and you're done but like you said it immediately starts you right back in and you're just like you just keep going you just don't stop because it's all it's still like playing it's not like you, you actually stopped you just have to keep going and going did you did you play that omi no i didn't i did not play that um it's different i'll, I'll have cool. to check that out yeah sounds pretty cool i mean it, it was big when it came out it, this year it wasn't talked about as much, but it was nominated for Game of the Year uh, 2019 when the year came out, or 2018, whatever year it came out. Uh, it was nominated for Game of the Year amongst the AAA games. Oh my! The reviews were through the roof. It's it's really it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, it's an indie game, right? Yeah, it's an old school type platformer. I think he just one guy built it too. Yeah, it's like not. Yeah, I think it might be just one. The guy Matt makes games. He uh he was releasing um mario maker levels when mario maker first came out and they were all crazy hard too it's hilarious <laughs> yeah i'll have to add it to my list on to the next category yeah my favorite pickups of the year omi what's your favorite pickup you got this year all right so this is actually not a game uh but it's actually pretty cool i i, I got a onesie oh snap yep a onesie you guys should, should check what color it's brown, brown. It's like a bear, like a bear suit. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I did see a link of that, and I kind of did want to get it at some point. I, I still yeah. might get it, but we'll see. <laughs> you gonna get? You gonna get brown? If I got one, I'd go Paisley. Yeah, I, I just saw it and I couldn't say no. I was like, I, I totally need that. Plus, you know, my one year old walks around and wants these all the time, so we had to, we had to match it up a little bit. <laughs> Shamster, what's your favorite pickup of the year? My favorite pickup is by far the uh, Sega Master System that I just happen to see at a retro shop. Usually you never see them there, ever. Uh, and you can see them on eBay, but they're usually or miss. And you almost bought one the previous year uh, at a show, at a convention. Yeah, at yeah. a convention, yeah. And when I was trying to buy it there, I was going to get a good deal, and it looked like it was in good shape, but he couldn't get it to, to turn on. And the person that was trying to sell it to me assumed that there just wasn't any power coming out of the outlet. I didn't think it was worth the risk. Because we tried two outlets, and he said the same thing about the second outlet. But when I was actually at the retro shop and I saw it sitting there, I immediately like just instincts kicked in because I'm that's my childhood system, where I had the NES and I played it all the time, and uh, all the games were given away, and I had a lot of them, including Alf, which is extremely rare now. But uh, I got a good price on it; it's in great condition. You got it? You picked up Alf? No, no, no. I'm talking about the second. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Although I do keep looking at Alf. And I'm like, I don't think I could do it, but I kind of have to, but I'm not going to, but maybe I will Just wait on it because it's, it's expensive and it's, it's ridiculous, but, um, it's in great condition. The shop that sold it to me, I, I asked them, I said, why is this like an excellent condition? Cause it's, you know, it's pretty old obviously. Uh, and they said, because they think the person that traded it in was a collector and he always trades stuff in, they said, and I actually got a game gear. I think that day too, from the same person. But uh, or from that person traded that in too. So they just traded it in like that previous day, and you just happen to walk in when when they just put it out, basically. 
guess so, unless it was just sitting there and nobody wanted it, which could also be the case because a lot of people don't even know what it is. When I call the same store, you know, some of their franchises, and I say, hey, do you have any uh, Sega Master System games? And they're like, oh, what? Huh? And I kind of have to explain it to them. Not all of them. But anyway, yeah, so it was in good shape. It happened to be there. It was sealed, not sealed in a box or anything, but they had it protected in some kind of uh, shrink wrap. Look, It just looked really good, a really good price. I got it, and I was pumped, and I've been ordering games off of eBay ever since. That's a separate story. Can you tell us how you connect that to your TV? Because that's also part of this. Yeah, yeah. So I got a SCART cable that comes out of the Master System, and that SCART goes into the Retro Tank, and that accepts the SCART, and that comes out HDMI. I think, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I have the Retro Tank 2X, just the original version, and... That one I picked up because I wanted to uh, basically have my N64 games look a lot better, and it it's amazing, like, the difference. It looks so good. I, I researched it for a while. It gets a little tricky because there's a lot of different, um, you know, inputs on TVs. And, for example, the Sega Master System supports RGB natively. And some of this, I, I apologize if I'm getting it a little wrong, but um, that's why the options I had were very limited. And, for example, the one that you have will actually let you run different inputs to it and i'll put it i think hdmi is that what you said so mine has it can accept composite component and s video and i use the s video yeah. cable for my n64 yeah, and mine's not as versatile but it but because it's it's scarred input only but i got this but i can get that for the sega so but it's the best quality you can get for that system so that's awesome to have it's it's good yeah it's 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 really good. I mean, it's not cheap. The the Sega Master System was actually I paid more for the Retro Tank, but it's well, well worth it because it seems like it's well made. It's going to last a long time. Plus, if you have another system that supports that, such as like if you get an old school Super Nintendo, I think certain models support that. So you know, as long as they support SCART, I have to get a different one like you have, the Mini. You would have to get a SCART, uh, like a you'd have to get a SNES to SCART cable, basically. I'll have options, but yeah, it looks really, really good. And it's just, it's just, and I have a big TV too. So I think 60 inches. So it's, it's crystal clear on a 60 inch and I um, love it. So that's my, that's my favorite pickup of the year for sure. Nice. Nice. So my favorite pickup of this year is, I mean, it's a little bit of, it's a little cheating because I don't really use what I picked up necessarily that much anymore, but what it started for me was good. So Basically, when earlier this year, I got a bunch of N64 games and a bunch of old stuff from my in-law's house that was my wife's and my brother-in-law's stuff. And I was looking for another thing that I knew they had, but I couldn't find it anywhere. So I did end up picking up a couple of games for this system. And basically, I got a little antsy. And since I, they couldn't find it, I just started looking on like offer up and uh, let go, that kind of thing. So... Basically, the last day I was in the office before everyone locked down, essentially, the very last day I was in the office, I found a GBA SP and picked that up, and that basically got me into the Game Boy Advance. I did already have a couple games available because I really wanted to find the one that was my brother-in-law's when he was growing up, but I couldn't find it, so got it for 20 bucks and i don't really play that one anymore because i have you know a modded one that i did i have one with a better screen the ags 101 but the game boy advance has been you know such an awesome system to collect for an awesome system to play with it has you know three mario three of the original mario remakes like come on 
It's got Castlevanias. It's got. Yep. Oh, it's just kind of work. But yeah, Game Boy Advance. That has been the thing that I have been playing a lot this year. I've been doing mod. I bought a. I bought a GBA off of um, Facebook Marketplace along with the Game Boy Color were pretty cheap and i replaced a screen on the gbc and the game boy advance i you know completely reshelled and re- put the new screen on and everything and playing it on that is great and yeah the sp i love i just love the form factor of it to me the sp is more of a true game boy than the gba is because it actually like the where, where the buttons are and stuff is actually set up like a real game boy but the the game regular GBA is awesome too. I love that. Yeah, I kind of think of it the other way around. I think the to me the the original GBA is more like Game Boy because you don't it doesn't flip close, doesn't have the, the clamshell, but that's fair. It can go either way. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the GBA too because actually that was my second favorite pickup of the year. I got uh, one that was pre modded, and it, it looks like an old school SNES sort of, and um, I got that uh, on Etsy I think or eBay, but uh, it was already done. Um, it was it was nice to just grab a modded one. I like the Game Boy Color more than like the GBA just because of the form factor. Uh, but yeah, both are great. I'm gonna give a second shout out um, to the NES Action Set box that I found in an attic that was literally sitting there for I don't know, thirty years I think at least, right? At eighty-eight, eighty-nine, even if it was only twenty-five years. You gotta expand on that story. You gotta tell us a little more about finding that in an attic. Yeah, so I was at someone's house. Uh, actually, I was at my dad's house, and, and I, was, we were, I don't know, doing some cleanup. And I said, I, I honestly, I literally had a feeling that there was something, in the attic, <laughs> not a ghost, but <laughs> something cool. And um, I said, "What's up there?" Because he he inherited the house a long time ago, and and he doesn't he didn't really do much work to it. I know he didn't really clean out the attic or anything and he said nothing's up there and i said are you sure and he's like there's nothing up there and i said i don't believe you i said i'm just gonna go take a peek anyway and this is so weird because i went up the stairs and it's an old school dirty scary attic no lights i had a flashlight i used my phone and literally there was nothing up there except nintendo uh action set box an action max box with the system in it that's a really old school vhs based system and uh, an Intellivision box. I just grabbed all three, and I, I was like, "These are mine. They're coming with me." Huh. And I was pumped because the the uh, Nintendo box is in great condition, like crisp. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's just like it was sit- literally sitting there. And no one's touched it for thirty years. So uh, I have it on display uh, above my TV, and I love it. Very nice. So that's, well, there was no system in it, but it's it's got this. I think it's got the styrofoam and everything inside, and just something that you just don't find every day (laughs) yeah along with the favorite pickup of the year i just wanted to get into a few other things that i've been collecting this year uh this still is alongside of the gba uh category i've been collecting a bunch of manuals for the gba games because i want them to have the manuals and then i went on uh customgamecases.com and had one order of some game cases that are essentially DS style cases. And I like having the manuals in there and to, it's not complete, but to me it's like, it's perfect on the shelf. What do you, what's more important for the GBA as far as for collecting goes, if you can only pick one, would you say the manual or the box and why? 
I mean, I think the box is harder to find, so I would probably say the box. But to me, I'd just rather have the manual because I don't want to get into collecting a cardboard box that's old school like that. Yeah, they're hard to keep in good condition and store and all that. I'd rather go with the manuals too. The most important thing is the cartridge. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, obviously. What about you? What's what's some other things you've been collecting this year? I started collecting Game Boy Colors, and that I'm blaming that on you. That is my fault. That was part of the uh, Facebook Marketplace deal I was talking about, where I got the Game Boy Color, and I modded it, and I was telling Champster about it, and he was like getting the itch for it because you know you're stuck in the house you're not really doing much so it's a it's a to me it was like a fun little learning project so it was really cool exactly and i didn't know it's pretty easy too because you didn't have to solder although now i want to solder but let me back up a little bit so yeah i've been collecting um i'm not gathering game boy colors like crazy but i picked up maybe three three or four cheap on ebay i think three and i got some shell real cheap because they were just beat up but it doesn't matter because you get the shells cheap and you can easily clean the internals but they're pretty sturdy anyway um i did a lot a lot of work with those the volume is not always great and sometimes you have to place the capacitors which i didn't do but like you said it's a learning experience so that's something that i know about now yeah with mine i had to get a new speaker installed on it but fortunately a local game shop he was just able to solder it in quick and he and he had one just sitting around so was able to get that fixed and then you know i like supporting the local business and this game shop, I had done some business with them. I had my GBASP fixed up. I had them uh, do an, uh, solder in like a battery compartment in my Dreamcast. So I was actually going to have them mod the GBC, but you know that didn't really end up working out. He had some stuff, some family stuff going on, so I ended up just taking it upon myself and you know just you know, why not? Just why not try and mod it? It doesn't seem that hard. And it really wasn't. So once I did the GBC, because I got that and the Game Boy Advance at the same time, I was definitely planning on reshelling the GBA because that was really disgusting. That was like, it was a white shell, but it had like this like grease film almost on it. It it was disgusting. KFC grease? (laughs) Well, maybe it was was in the cooling shell for sure. But but yeah. I was like, you know, why not? Let's let's just redo the, uh, let's just do the screen because that didn't require soldering necessarily. I mean, you can solder it to have the adjustments for the screen brightness, but I didn't care about that. So I was just like, you know, it sounds fun. I got the shell in way before the screen because the screen came from China and the shell I got from like an Etsy shop locally. So I took that time to sort of cut out the shell because the screen itself won't fit in automatically unless you get a pre-cut shell so i was like whatever i'll just cut it and did that i did so the game boy colors started me off so i did like three of those and they're easy and over after you keep doing them you realize that they're not as you know sensitive as you would think you could you could kind of bang them around a little bit while you're trying to insert the ribbons and things like that in the right places yeah so that then i got a little bit more confident so then i'm thinking okay gba but i am i need this brightness controls i really i really like that then I think, okay, well, I'm going to have to learn how to solder. So I bought a soldering iron, and I haven't used it yet. But I think that the GBA, I'm watching the right videos. It seems doable, and the soldering for uh, the brightness doesn't look that bad. But I figured I'm going to go all in on that one. So I'm actually, I actually bought compa- capacitors for that one. I bought an amplifier. I bought a custom cut shell, the IPS screen, and a rechargeable battery that's USB C. 
So I'm a little nervous because I'm going all in, but I, I think at some point I'm going to just do it. I'm going to try to make a premium GBA, a modern GBA, and it's going to be all white with white buttons and gold letters. And, and it's going to, I think it's going to look good. I just hope I don't break it or make it worse. Uh, well, it can't really get much worse unless it just doesn't work. Um, so I think I'm going to do that. Uh, I got to fire up that soldering iron and see how that goes. But that's, that's something I'm going to do. I just been putting it off because I'm a little nervous, but I got the, I got the GBA itself cheap. I know you like, sometimes you like the original shells. And I think one of the Game Boy colors I did get, um, I don't remember if I reshelled it, but I might put the original shell back on if I did, because it's actually in really good condition. Um, so yeah, but in general, I've just been, been messing with those a lot. That's something cool that I've been uh, collecting. Those are the SMS games that I'm getting with the master system that I talked about earlier. Yeah. So as far as like the handhelds I've been making for the most part, I've been trying to use as much of the original hardware on there. So like my Game Boy Color, it's a yellow one and the shell was in still really good condition and it was clean. And, you know, I obviously cleaned it off and everything, but that was in fine condition. So I didn't do anything with that, but just the screen. But the Game Boy Advance, I think I reshelled it, but I still use the same buttons and the same rubber membranes because they were still a little bit better than the ones that i got it's fun so if anyone's looking for a hobby just something that you can do it pretty i mean it's not cheap but it's not expensive because you can get the game boys cheap if you just get the right deal on ebay and you don't have to worry about the condition of the shell if you want to replace it and there's some fun colors that you can and they're they're cheap yeah and then the buttons are the colored buttons are fun to replace so it's definitely a fun hobby uh, and it's easy to do to start with when it, when it, uh, with the Game Boy Color. So if anyone's interested in doing something like that, I would I would say start with the Game Boy Color, get the screen, get a shell and some buttons, have some fun. You probably won't break it. The most frustrating part is you get a little screwdriver, so it's easy to take. You need the uh, I think they're called what try heads or something it's like a wire. try wings. But uh, you should just you should just go on Amazon and get a kit, and then that should give you basically everything you need. Yeah, and and you could do it. It's not you're not gonna most likely not gonna break it as long as you try. <laughs> it's really not that bad to be honest. Like I, I you know I didn't find it that hard. You just find a YouTube find a YouTube uh, video of someone modding it and follow it along, and and you're good to go. Yeah, but the hardest part for me was getting everything back together, and it wasn't impossible. It was just a little frustrating because you got to tuck all the ribbon cables inside and get the screws back in. But yeah. as long as you hold it hold it shut, get the screws in there, it's fine. It's actually uh, came out better than I thought it would each time. Although I did break one of them. I, I turned a can of, I was trying to dust dust it off with a compressed air, and I turned it upside down or accidentally turned it sideways, <laughs> no. and it shot out like ice, and it cracked. And That was my favorite one, too, because that was the, the all-black shell. It was transparent oh, no. black. With, uh, with What color were they? I think with some red buttons or something. But um, yeah. So I redid that. I did it, redid it in purple. So that's, that's why I uh, did it a few times. That's unfortunate. Don't freeze it and crack it. Other than that, you should be fine. So our final category is the favorite retro game we've been playing this year. So Champster, what is your one favorite retro game you've played this year? You can't do that. No, one favorite game, and then you can mention some honorable mentions. But... Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to say NBA Jam. I've been playing the arcade cab. Um, what, what, what company and... makes that? I'm not going to announce the company because their customer service is terrible, and I'm still waiting for them to get back to me after six months. Uh, the NBA Jam Cab uh, is getting a lot of use here, and it's so fun. It's like the perfect arcade sports game ever. Um, 
That's, but that's, you know, that technically the cab came out this year. Even though the cab came out this year, I would still consider that the retro game you played this year. So, right, yeah, well, it, it's definitely a retro game I played this year, and it's uh, my favorite one. So, are you, are you able to play NBA Jam online? I do, but I don't. I don't even mess with that. I just because I play my kid, and we just have a blast. I play. I, I'll play the computer. I can play it online anytime I want. You just push the button, and it connects you. And you can set different. You can set different things. It's it's you got to get it, man. It's so good. If you get it, we can play each other because we can have friends list. What's your favorite team? Uh, Seattle Supersonics in um, Hang Time. Um, Phoenix, I think, in Tournament Edition. I started messing with Orlando last night, though, in Hang Time. And I don't know, I'm liking them. <laughs> I actually like those games because the Knicks are actually decent back in the day. Yeah. With, uh, yep. Ewing, with Ewing and, uh, and Oakley and uh, Starks. Like, they were good. I was cycling through the teams and trying to find a new team. Uh, and then I was like, oh, and I was just looking at the stats. And then I was like, wait, that's the Knicks. I can't do that. And I just passed right through. It's interesting that you're not playing the Sixers. Uh, well, they're just, they weren't they're not good. Big <laughs> fan. Yeah, well, if Iverson was in it, but it was before that. Yeah. And, I mean, I'll use them. I don't, I just know that I like, uh, I like Barkley in it, but I like the Supersonics a lot. That was Kemp and uh, Peyton. Yep. Yeah, our all dead left shrimp. I think was on that team too. Yeah, that that team was solid. So yeah, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll let you play with us. You'll accept Sonics. it. Yeah, yeah, I'll accept it. So Omi, what is your favorite retro game played in 2020? I've been playing quite a bit of a Super Mario World on the SNES Classic with my kid. So um, we've been having a lot of fun with that. That is such an obviously, you know, got. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. I mean, but yeah, so it is been, good. You've been, so you've been playing mostly on the Super Nintendo Classic, not necessarily the uh, Switch Online version. Nope, I've, we've been we've been bringing it down to the classic version. Nice. Can I make a boss suggestion? Yoshi's Island. Ah, uh, yes. It's actually Super Mario World too. Yeah, that one's very good. Yeah. But I. I really don't like uh, Baby Mario's whining. That really gets me. It's supposed to drive. It's supposed to drive you nuts. It's got because he's like in distress, and you're supposed to be tense and nervous, and you gotta like save him. That's the most annoying thing about. Well, the, the funny thing about that is, um, a few years ago, I picked up a Super Nintendo, which was actually my first Super Nintendo because I don't have one back in the day, and uh... I've, I've only played. Well, I've only beat two. Well, I've only beat one game on there, which is Super Mario World. So I have like my save file in the actual card which is cool but i've been i've had super mario world 2 yoshi's island in my super nintendo for like two years now because i've been trying to beat that game for so long and i just get so triggered by baby mario <laughs> so good though. no it's it's great but it, yeah so one touch don't touch fuzzy or touch fuzzy get dizzy or something like that that level is insane that enemy is in multiple levels and the one level i'm stuck on that is one of the enemies and it has like very precise bounces in it and you just gotta avoid those while also trying to avoid other it's it's pretty hard so uh you should definitely check it out because it's it's a classic yeah i'll have i'll have to check that one out the music the music is really good i love the music in that game it's crazy how my kid just keeps complaining how how the graphics are so bad i'm like oh my god yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I think those the graphics on, you know, Super Nintendo games still look a lot better than even like the N sixty four. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Especially in HD with HDMI out, it looks fine. It's I love it. It aged better than the N sixty four for sure. Definitely aged better than something like the PlayStation one. Yeah. yeah. 
so my favorite retro game of 2020 was none other than the original Super Mario Brothers. And basically, I just played it a plethora of different ways just because I started uh, a few different things happened. It was the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. So since the Game & Watch came out, I pretty much have this in my pocket every day and play Mario Brothers almost every day on it. On the Game & Watch? Yeah, I I still like it's just so easy to have in your pocket and you just like one button and you're back in into the level. So just gaming at its finest for sure. It is. It's great. I don't know how I ended up with three of them, but I have three of them. So I've I actually played this in two other ways this year. I picked up Super Mario Deluxe on the Game Boy Color and played it that way, which that's a great version of Super Mario Brothers the game. And finally, on the Nintendo Switch Online, they released Super Mario All-Stars the day they had the big Mario Direct. So I just played through it that night because uh, it was quick. It, it didn't take me that long with all the save states and stuff like that. So, yeah, three different ways of playing Super Mario Brothers, the original game. Not my favorite in the Super Mario series. One of the best games of all time, obviously. And I love it and can obviously still kind of play it every day because the game, the game and watch makes it so easy. But, um, but yeah, uh, I just still love playing Super Mario Brothers and I'm not gonna, you know, not gonna say sorry about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I played Super Mario Brothers in the arcade. Uh, that's when I first played it uh, at 7 Eleven. Was that um, versus Super Mario Brothers? It wasn't a Play Choice 10, but oh, I don't okay. remember if it said versus on it. But it was just super mario brothers it was incredible it blew everyone's mind like that's you know when it first came out it was just like what it was like that back then i mean it's still obviously great so it did something right okay well any final shout outs in regards to the favorite retro games played this year i have one super castlevania 4 and the reason i'm shouting it out is because that literally happened uh the last time i was really out in a normal situation it was during pax a friend of mine and i uh we we shared a hotel room and we played that a lot uh when we were back at the room uh when we were there for the convention and then you know what happened the next week was that things just went south and we're never going to see our friends again but we played a lot of super castlevania 4 and we got really far it gets really hard yeah that one's probably my favorite castlevania game i still haven't beat it i beat the first one on the nes classic and this one's on the super nintendo classic but i played it mostly on the castlevania collection on the switch but that one's probably my favorite one it's my favorite one's three but super castlevania 4 is good and we were we were all pumped up we were like let's we're gonna beat this let's do it let's beat it and then we basically stopped playing after we got we got pretty far but it got really really hard plus Plus, we had to go home. <laughs> the convention was over. But um, we played it a lot. We, we got pretty pretty far into it. So, yeah, definitely shout-out to Super Castlevania 4. And um, mini shout-outs, R-Type, Sega Master System, and Sega Bass Fishing for the Dreamcast. I won't get into details, but I definitely wanted to give those a shout-out. Well, that is the end of our BFT 2020 end-of-year recap of our favorite games and favorite things we've been playing throughout the year i want to thank omi for joining us i know he has to run yep happy to be here again guys thanks for coming absolutely i'm out (laughs) now on to the boss bits where shamster and i are going to talk about a few things we've been playing in the past week so first thing uh one thing i stopped playing was watchdogs legion which was a game i was talking about last week but to be honest, that one, like I said, I wasn't really into the story. The gameplay was good, but all the missions 
in the end became repetitive and I could only look at so many puddles for so long, but is there really that many puddles in the game? <laughs> yeah, there's a, t- there's a lot. Like I, I swear. Uh, but, uh, for what it was, um, I think I only paid a thir- paid 30 bucks for it. And I think I got like 10 to 15 hours out of it. So for that, I, f- I think it was worth it and it was a fun experience, but you say it's repetitive. I think, uh, can you give an example? Well, I mean, basically, at its core, it's a stealth game. So every time you go to a certain location, you basically have to do different stealth activities. So whether it's like doing something with the cameras or you sneak up on somebody, that sort of thing. But for the most part, it's just very similar in each sort of location you go to. And sort of the stealth objectives are very similar. And it's very like, you know, typical Ubisoft, like, there, there's actually a term called Ubisoft fatigue, so that's kind of, I guess, what I experienced. What, what is it called? Immortals Phoenix Rising, I think it is. Yeah, I'm worried. I mean, I hear a lot of good things about it, and I'm thinking I probably will eventually get it, and I almost got it. But one reason I didn't get it was because it seems like it might get old, like Ubisoft fatigue thing, like you said, uh, that sort of thing. But the other one mainly is because I know it's going to be really cheap, <laughs> really soon. Yeah. So I'll just wait. The only reason I almost did it was because I really want to see game on the ps5 but i ended up buying mk11 which we could talk about but um that's one of the reasons i almost did it because but then i read in one of the reviews that it didn't really look that great it looked good but it didn't look super next gen so i was like i i wanted to test out the ps5 i want to see what it can do so i'll hold off on it i think it was similar to what i was seeing with watchdogs where the actual like landscape and the actual you know open world area looked really good but then when the cutscenes hit it was really bad facial animation so I, that's what i've heard with that i mean that that gives a little different it's more cartoony i'd say yeah but the backgrounds like when you look out in the distance see the trees they still they didn't look super lush i don't know what the word would be but um i mean it still looks good I, like but not, not super detailed yeah i don't know i mean i i didn't analyze it too much but once i re- once i remember that it's going to be cheap soon and um when i read that it wasn't you know super next gen looking i just kind of moved on especially when i when i saw the deal for mortal kombat 11 ultimate yeah why don't you why don't you talk about that oh i've been wanting to pick that game up which i mentioned on the show a few times uh, i just didn't want to spend what they were you know what they were asking for it it dropped to the dropped to a price that i thought was fine it dropped to like 30 bucks and the biggest sale i saw up to that point which was last week was like 40 bucks so i figured that's a good deal um i grabbed it it's really good there's a lot to love about it it's incredible i love it as a fighting game I just don't like the direction they're going with the uh add-ons and dlc it's really confusing and for a lot of reasons and one when you combine it with the PS4 or the PS5 and how it defaults to a PS4 version, which I can get into uh, too, just, just throws another layer of confusion on top of the top of everything. Yeah. Um, not to necessarily defend all the microtransactions and that sort of thing, but basically any fighting game nowadays is just basically like a games as a service type thing. So they're, yeah. they are constantly adding, co- uh, adding content to it. So even the edition you have now won't be the full, complete, whatever version. There will be more stuff added on later on. So what I have is just the base version of the game. I have no DLC. If I go to RoboCop, if I go to Rambo in the local play uh, mode, it just then uh, pops up a screen to have me buy the DLC for that. 
I also, uh, Shamster had mentioned via text to me to look at the manage game content section, which I did go to and there was nothing in there. So, okay, that makes sense. So I have the base game only. I don't have aftermath. I don't have any of that. So I still haven't even played yeah. the original base game story mode, which I do want to play at some point, but I haven't even done that. So to me, it's not worth upgrading or anything. If I really like the story mode, I might consider getting aftermath at that point. But for now, I'll just you know, have what I have and just, you know, see what happens. So I'm not really uh, upset with the fact that there's a lot of microtransactions because you can avoid a lot of that stuff. I'm more upset that it's a little confusing and I'll give you an example. So I have the ultimate uh, edition for the PS5. It's a disc. I installed the disc and I've been playing, you know, just the base version and whatever. I was because I wanted to wait to use the DLC code just because I didn't feel like waiting. You know, I just didn't care. I, was, and I did it within a few days, and when I did it, um, I added the code, it accepted it, and then I skipped through the screen. The first screen it takes you to, it allows you to individually download each thing or something like that. But I was like, whatever, it'll, it'll work itself out, so I moved forward. So then I went into the game, like, wait, all these characters aren't here. And, and I obviously, I didn't really proceed through the other screen, but so I was trying to figure out how to even do it. So it wouldn't let me do anything when I'd click on the characters. When I would back out of the game and do content management, there was nothing there. When I went into the game and went to the shop, all the characters that uh, were included in the DLC all had prices on them for like five ninety nine. I'm thinking, do I have to click on it here? And if so, is it going to charge me? So I clicked on it and it did like a loading thing, but nothing happened. So um, I, I figured I wasn't getting charged the five ninety nine, which is good, but it was also not telling me what to do. So at this point, I'm just trying to figure out how to even like open up Rambo or or Aftermath. I'm looking all around. I had to go on Reddit eventually to, to figure it out. But what, what happened was in the in the end of it was the install uh, installed both versions. I didn't even know the PS4 version was on the disc, but that that seems like that's what happened. And then it defaulted to the PS4. Yeah, version. that well, that happened to me. But I have the PS4 disc, whereas your the disc you have it says PS5 on it, right? Yeah, it's a PS5 game because the case itself says PS5, and it's, it you think you're buying a PS5 version of the game. But when I installed it, it defaulted to PS4. Yeah, so, so so like in my case where I put in the PS4 disc, it did automatically download the PS4 version, and then you can select the PS5 version. However, having it be a PS4 disc, that you know can feasibly make more sense. But you actually put a PS5 disc in there, and it still tried to install the PS4 game, which is... In even that, game. I'll even forgive that. But what happens is once I realized I had to switch it to the PS5 version, then I could manage the content. So fine. I finally found all the list of stuff that I basically unlocked when I entered the code. However, I still have to click on it again. Fine. I was assuming it was going to download it because I it was a download voucher. No, they you have to go in and download them all manually. Does it download? That's the weird. The, the worst part is that it's on the disc. So I went into content management. I found the list of the content, including aftermath, and it's like 1.5 megabytes. That shows you that it's already installed. It's on the disc. So that's just an update. You, yeah, they, well, you have to basically unlock it, and it shouldn't be locked if you have the disc and you install it off the disc, but it's installed off the disc, and you literally have to click it to unlock it, and then it says it's available now. So it's just DRM and all that stuff and licensing, and it's just microtransaction-y, and it's just annoying. I think I finally got it going, though. All the stuff's unlocked. Everything's there. Like you said, they're going to keep adding stuff, and uh, you're never going to have the complete version of the game, but I have a really 
uh, full version of the game because I have the base game, I have Aftermath, I have you know Rambo, Robocop, a whole bunch of skins and stuff, and it's all there and it's all set. It just wasn't the easiest thing to figure out how to do it, and uh, it just I just don't like how they're they're including it uh, off the di- on the disc, but you can't play it uh, unless you you know go through the DLC code and and unlock it and all that stuff. So it's just how it's going to be though. And the game itself is incredible. So, again, I can forgive it a little bit. Um, but I didn't even realize I was playing the PS4 version at first. I thought I was playing the PS5 version because I popped the disc in. It installed. I started playing it. Did you notice the difference? I did with the lighting, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, That's good. Especially in the crypt, there was some uh, moonlight shining through um, and things like that. I think it was the crypt. I don't remember. But um, there's there's a difference. It's still It's still a PS4 game, but that game looked incredible anyway. So that's why I wasn't sure. I said, oh, this kind of looks like the PS4 because the PS4 looked great. Um, but it actually was the PS4. So it, it's a little brighter and crisper and cleaner and things like that. Um, the, you know, it's mainly the lighting and things you can see it in. It's also on Steam, so they probably just ported over that version of the PS5. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how that worked. But I do know that when I was researching a lot of this on Reddit, trying to figure out where everything is, I came across a lot of complaints. A lot of people are confused and complaining and mad because they don't like the way it's going but i kind of accept that i just they need to clean up there was other people confused i saw on twitter people were getting like the ps4 version of miles morales and then buying the update or no they were they were getting the ps4 version of spider-man and adding miles morales but it was updating it was giving them the ps4 version when they thought they were getting the ps5 version because they were playing it on a ps5 so it's just it's confusing and you could end up buying the wrong version of a game um, here's the here's the bottom line. Here's the takeaway. When you're on the menu, so one thing I um just to quick quickly interject on that, there was I believe a PlayStation update recently that will help default games to the PS5 version. I I think that was released somewhat recently, so hopefully that should uh, alleviate some of these issues. You know, moving forward. That's what I thought, but this this was as of yesterday, and uh, but this was installed off a of disk, so maybe that's just for the store when you download stuff. Yeah, I don't know. But the, but what I was going to say is the bottom line, the takeaway is when you're on your uh, PS5 menu, over over the game, you know the tile, the icon, yeah, and just click the I think it's called the options button, the little button on the top rightish side next to the you know square touchpad. Yeah, options uh, options is essentially the start button. Yeah, well, so that's the button. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's the right button? Yeah. Well, if you click it, you'll right then and there see which version of the game you're playing. So even if you're not sure, if you're not sure, just check it. Yeah, you hit options on the game icon, and then it's there's a game version uh, thing there. You can There's a check for update, and there's a few options within there. And if the game is uh, currently open, you can close the application using there too. Yeah, well, it, one more weird thing is that it was defaulted to the PS4 version. I might have mentioned this, but when when I clicked on the options button, there was no managed content. As soon as I switched to the 5 version, like a whole bunch more, there's more options. And one of them was managed content. And I could see all the content. So if I was playing the PS4 version, all the content wasn't actually there. It didn't show it. So I couldn't even enable it because I couldn't click on it. So again, it's on the disc though. So it shouldn't matter. But it's just a weird thing. I don't want to turn people off from it because it is a great game. Be aware that it's a little confusing, and part of that is because they're kind of changing their their approach uh, uh, on the Mortal Kombat side, but also because PS5 may or may not default to the PS4 version of the game versus the PS5 version of the game. Just something to look out for. Well, I just want to quickly touch on a couple other things that I have been playing this week. 
first. Uh, I went and went back to Sackboy. Uh, on Christmas night, I posted the Sackboy unboxing, which is a quick video, a quick boss fight, but it was it was fun to make. But I've been playing that, and that's a fun game. It's I would say it's easy to beat, but beat it already no i haven't beat the game i've been like i said with uh platformers i like doing all the collectibles for the most part and trying to you know 100 it so for this one i'm just basically collecting everything and there's a there's a few different um things that you have to do in order to you know complete the levels so at one level i could beat it you know in, in a five minutes or whatever but it could take me an hour sometimes to get every single thing within there so it's not crazy hard but um it's fun and i'm really enjoying it so what's the difference in the controls versus uh little big planet is the jump are the jumps floaty or not floaty so it's a little floaty i it's not really floaty compared to little big planet necessarily uh because the the screen is so is panned out so far that the character it's not i wouldn't say small but Compared to the area that you're looking at, the character is somewhat small, so you can't really tell about the floaty jumps necessarily. And you have a few action buttons, like there's a punch button, there's a dive button, and the dive button also turns into this roll action, which uh, you use to basically, because they have speedrun levels you unlock, and you you know use that roll function a lot within there. So something that I picked up uh, off of eBay for very cheap, under $10, was a game that Shamster had mentioned a few weeks ago, Alleyway. Now, I love brick-breaking games, so so this is right up my alleyway. Ooh! <laughs> it's a 10 out of 10. But yeah, uh, one thing I was doing with that was, you know, I just was playing through it, and I think I got up to, like, level 10 or something like that, but, uh, you know, that one is just quick. You know, it's it's easy just to turn on the game, and you're right in. It's It's great. And another thing I've been doing is playing around with the Game Boy Color filters because it's a it's an original Game Boy game, and if you do a combination of the D-pad and A and B, or just a D-pad, that sort of thing, you can change the different color options uh, within the Game Boy Color. So I had a few different ones that I really liked, uh, but I was using the one that had uh, red and green during Christmas when when that was on, but. Um, yeah, uh, I would say my favorite filter was left D-pad and A, I want to say. Oh, I should know this, but um, what do you have to do to actually change? So do you have to pause it to change the colors, or do you just literally hit those combinations? No, you, ha you, you have to do it during the startup screen. When it says Game Boy, you, okay. you have to do it then. Otherwise, okay. and then it's locked in. Oh, so you basically had to reset it every time. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but it's like... it. it quick i know but i'm just saying it's yeah. it's fine i'm gonna check it out which was your favorite filter was it the red and green one no it was like this blue and yellow one or it was like blue it was like this blue yellow and red one because because when mario went into the actual like um bean or whatever thing he goes into uh like pop ship. the ship yeah um he was actually red for that and um the i don't know i just liked what the colors were but i think it was a and left. I don't remember, but I can I can follow up. Well, you you posted the chart somewhere, right? I, I I just sent it. I I just sent it to you, but we can post that on Twitter later on. Yeah, we can post it. We might as well just post it at this point. But uh, overall, did you like the game? I just want to know what you yeah. think about it. Since... No, I loved it. I yeah, I was carrying around the Game Boy for a couple of days, and I'm I'm definitely gonna go back into it. It's just a quick pick up and play. Like like I said, I love 
I love Brick Breaker and I love those type of games. So uh, I was actually hoping to get a game like that for the Game Boy Color because it's such a quick and easy pickup and yeah, it's quick and fun and yeah. just like it's, it, do you uh, you know you can hold the one button down to kind of speed up or slow down the the ship? No, I'll have to look into that. Oh yeah, you got to do that. I forget which button it is. I think maybe both of them, but uh, you could speed it up and slow it down while you're uh, banking left and right. So yeah, that'll that'll add another there. Yeah, one funny thing is, you know, when you get when you get later on, the the ship actually shrinks as you yeah. as you knock out some of those, making it harder. So just add the little added difficulty makes it really fun. And at the top, it comes down from the top, like the ceiling starts dropping. In. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then sometimes in one in the one level, more bricks get added on the top, so that that's even that's like yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, and then I like the uh, bonus levels. Yeah, the Mario block. Yeah, I only saw two of them. There was one that was Mario, uh, and then there was one that was believe a Koopa Troopa. That's it's a fun game. And then when you get that ball up there, and it starts going ping, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it just gets everything. Yeah, the the noises are pretty good. Like the the yeah. <laughs> So one final pickup for me this week, I actually got today and, you know, I was perusing on Twitter last night and I believe I saw this a few weeks ago, but I didn't, you know, I kind of forgot about it, but I'm trying to get a lot of the Mario 3 All-Stars stuff while it's still available in regards to some of the collectibles and that sort of thing. And I saw on Twitter last night that someone picked up a Mario 3D All-Stars coin set, which, you know, had to get it. So I actually went out to uh a best buy when i did some other errands um to the other stores that i had gift cards to and i picked it up it was 15 dollars, but i had this five dollar coupon from best buy you periodically get if you're like sign up with them so only end up paying 10 bucks for it and it's it's fairly large um you know if you put it up to your steering wheel it's you know almost the size of that so pretty cool i'm gonna leave it that's the pack yeah yeah look at the coins well the coins are regular size but i'm gonna leave it in the blister pack because there's no reason to take it out in my opinion well, like regular size as in quarters or like silver dollars or yeah probably like silver like bigger coins yeah no it's it's cool it's it's a cool little collectible and i was very excited to get it especially you know getting it and just i you know i ordered it online walked in boom boom picked it up all set yeah, so um, they were usually twenty, I think, but they were they're on sale or they were on sale for fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you I got them Yeah, I actually when you sent me a text about those, I, I panic bought them because I thought it said surprise coin set something like that, but it said it was something about sunrise or was it? Uh, yeah, I think that's I, know, I think that's the name of the brand, like sunrise or something. Okay, like that. sunrise. Yeah, I don't know. It was sunrise? I don't. I remember. thought it said surprise. Thought basically Nintendo just dropped a surprise Mario coin set. I was like, oh. So I put two down in case in case they started selling out. I at least have one. No, they're, they're um, they apparently like I I posted this on Instagram and they've apparently just been out and just sort of sitting around. So I wouldn't be too worried about getting it. But they're really cool. So if you are into Super Mario Three All Stars, I would definitely recommend picking it up. Yeah, and if you want to give someone a nice tip, you just flip a coin at them, and uh, say, so there you go. And you're all set. Well, would a Mario Sunshine coin be a good tip? Oh yeah, I would take it as a tip. <laughs> I would love those. All right, Shamster, what about you? What's your what are your final pickups of the week or games you've been playing? Well, I so I got the uh, the um, I mentioned MK Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. 
Uh, the Steel Series Octa Seven P's have arrived, and they're really, really, really nice. Uh, I love them. The things that stand out the most about them that I like the most are they're very, very comfortable. Um, the sounds great, and they're so comfortable. The sound it sounds so good. Once in a while, I'm I'm playing like you know I'll be playing a game or whatever, and I'll think that the sounds actually I'll forget that I'm wearing them. I'll think that the sounds just coming from another room, like someone's talking or something. I do that sometimes with the Pulse 3Ds. I like because because the background noise is so clear and sounds so good. Like yeah. you almost think you're it's like coming outside of the headphones. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, and then the other thing I really like about them is the um, a lot of headphones have uh, you know I don't know what you would call them, but they're they're um, push button volume controls so volume up volume down the plus and minus button this actually has a dial way easier that's what the new airpods max have they have like a real intense dial on there i i love that that's huge for me it's just it's just a lot easier you it's just something small and subtle that you wouldn't really think about but it works it works really well so yeah that's the first things i think about are are the sound quality the comfort and um the the dial uh, the other thing though that i realized and they don't really i didn't really know this but if you download the steel steel series engine 3 software you could actually co- connect them to a computer and you can configure them based on your preferences when it comes to like the sound like the levels so i did that i tweaked them and they sound even better now so nice. i'm really pumped up they they sound a lot better well they already sounded good they're not not you know professional phones for listening to music they sound really good i'm very happy with the bass that was the other thing i was worried about um and then the other thing that i realized i could do in the engine 3 was i could actually adjust when they auto shut off so i don't remember if it was defaulted to 30 minutes or not but i at least confirmed it because i wasn't quite sure they were going to auto shut off but you could change it to like five minutes 10 minutes 30 minutes never things like that i think i think those are the numbers Oh, they're really good. They're very, very, very comfortable, and they seem sturdy because of the steel band. And I already tried to try to find um, some some straps, but they're they're basically sold out everywhere. I do want to get another transmitter because if I move it around between the switch and the PS5 and my computer, I feel like I might lose it at some point. But they're thirty bucks and they're sold out, so it's just going to take some time, I guess, before more of those are available. But great, great headphones. I recommend them nice very cool so that was another pickup that with the uh, mk11 was good because i used used those while i was playing mortal kombat 11 and you could hear little, little things in the background that you probably wouldn't usually notice i didn't notice it when i was playing nice. it on the tv but when i played it with the uh steel series i noticed it right away yeah i use i use my pulse 3s a lot more with uh miles morales and then now that i've been playing sackboy i well since i replay the levels a lot i usually will just listen to it in the first time i play the level and then if i have to replay it later on i don't really use the headphones for that more but using the headphones definitely is a lot more engaging in, in the ps5 games that i played so thus far yeah and you don't have to worry about uh upsetting other people in other rooms yep. where they're not going to yell at you to turn the volume down <laughs> which is a big a big one first i wasn't sure that they would turn I didn't remember if they turned on uh, automatically, like connected automatically when I was, so if I was playing the PS5, I was playing a game and then I turned them on the uh, headphones because uh, the uh, PS4 Gold or the PlayStation Gold headphones automatically kick on when you turn it on. Mm-hmm. Um, it switches the output from the PS5 or PS4. 
I thought they didn't do that for some reason, but now I think they do. I don't know. So um, when I turn them on now, I think it actually does fire up right away uh, through the headphones, and I don't have to go into the output settings. I was worried I was going to have to go into the output settings every time. Maybe they fix that in an update or something, because I thought I read that at one point. But either way, I'm happy with them. I have no issues. Everything's good. Thank you for listening to The Boss Room. My name is Alex Koz. Thank you, Shamster, again for joining. Yes, sir. You can find us on Twitter at The underscore Boss Room. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel at The Boss Room. Next week we will be discussing our 2021 predictions in the BFT. We should give a shout out to Omi for joining us uh, today. Of course. And all the boss fans and every boss brigade member. We out. We out.